I'm Beth. And I'm Jen. We're two dog moms who met through our rescue pugs, and we love helping people find the best happily ever after dog for them. Each episode, we'll explore a different dog breed in alphabetical order and talk about the rescue organizations doing great work to support them. From Affenpinscher to Schwerkschnauzer and everything in between, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Dog and Pony Show. Jen, uh, why are you giving me the shush look? Hang on. Uh, Okay. All right. Finished. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. I was just downloading Rosetta Stone. If we're going to continue with Dogs from France, I have got to get my head in the game. Well, Jen, I appreciate your approach, especially because we also have several Belgian dogs coming up, but we'll be finished with Whippet by the time you master the language. Thanks for the vote of confidence. (laughs) I am committed to doing what's best for the integrity of our podcast, Beth. You're such a consummate professional. Of course I am. Before we get to know this Boshian, let's get into our sidebar for this week. And it's one that we have touched on lightly in previous episodes, is it not? It is. We're going to talk about pet insurance. Everybody gets some. Everybody gets some. So we've talked about pet, we've alluded to pet insurance and the importance of it. And today we're going to talk about how to find the right pet insurance for you. Are we going to become, are we going to become insurance salesmen, Beth? We're going to, we're about to become insurance salesmen. (laughs) Something I never saw myself doing. Nope. (laughs) So why is pet insurance important? So pet insurance helps to cover unexpected medical costs for your pet. And obviously, pets have medical issues, just like people. And while, you know, if your dog is young or it's something simple, like let's say a UTI, not really a big deal. You could pay for that out of pocket like people normally do, and you'd be fine. But our pets are with us for, you know, 13 to 15 years. And as they get older, just like with people, they can develop medical conditions or, unfortunately, they could get into some kind of accident where they'd need some pretty extensive medical care. And pet insurance helps to cover these costs. When people question why they need it, well, why do we need health insurance as people? Because of unexpected medical costs. It's the same thing. So here are some things to consider when you're researching pet insurance. First, you always want to enroll your dog or pet of any kind when it is young, if possible. So when you bring home a new puppy, like my friend Joy is adopting a a tiny little baby puppy today. Yeah, so, so cute. They are less likely to have pre-existing conditions or other health ailments that aren't coverable by health insurance plans. And what are pre-existing conditions? You probably know because they exist in people too, but they're, they're basically any medical condition that shows signs or symptoms before the date your policy goes into effect or within its waiting period. Now, this may be difficult when you're rescuing an older pet, obviously, but if it makes sense, sign up as soon as you get the pet. And I'll give you an example with my last pug, Charlie. So I got Charlie when she was about six and she came to me having had some issues with her bladder. She had really bad bladder stones and some had to be surgically removed. So when I went ahead and got her pet insurance, they weren't going to cover any of her bladder issues. But later in her life, when she was about nine or 10, she developed diabetes. 
And I can't tell you how expensive insulin and regular testing um, for glucose are in a dog's. I mean, I, I think probably at one point I could spend between $300 and $500 a month on these issues. So while her bladder issues weren't covered because she had them prior to the insurance, the issues that she developed afterwards were covered. Second thing you want to make sure to do is do your research. And we say this with so many topics that we cover. When you look, obviously a simple Google search will turn up a ton of different pet insurance companies. You want to look into how long they've been in business, what their customer reviews are, the pricing and coverage options that they provide. Also ask your vet. Vets typically will know what people use and what their experiences are with them. And as we've said in other episodes, look on next door, ask people for suggestions, just ask around. It will become pretty obvious to you what the good options are and what the options are that you want to stay away from. The third thing you want to do is figure out what makes sense for you. Some plans just cover emergency care and surgeries. Others may also cover preventative care and checkups. Obviously, if you have more thorough coverage, it'll be more expensive, but it may be worth it for some pets. Now, this is going to be different for everyone. With my pets, I have always gotten the one that covers emergency care, surgeries, and medical issues, but I have not gotten what they've referred to as wellness plans. Fourth, you want to know what you're signing up for. This is an insurance policy, just like for a human. So you want to make sure to review any exclusions that are listed in the terms and conditions of the policy. You want to review a sample policy to see if there are any coverage gaps that may be included. If you don't understand the language in the policy, obviously call the insurance company and ask them to explain it to you. Give them different hypotheticals so you can understand better how the various exclusions or terms would impact your situation. And pet insurance plans don't necessarily exclude certain breeds, but they sometimes limit coverage based on what are called breed-specific conditions. So two of the big ones are hip dysplasia and ACL surgery. Some dogs are more prone to certain medical conditions, as we've learned through our podcast, and hip dysplasia is a huge one in certain dogs. So they may say, no matter what, even if it hasn't been an issue for your X type of dog, we don't cover our medical costs for hip dysplasia. So you'll want to look into that. The fifth thing you want to do is figure out what you can afford. So the decision about the coverage you're going to get will typically be driven by what you can afford and what your needs are. You want to figure out how to get the best insurance you can for the amount of money that you can spare each month. You also want to consider the deductible and the deductible, just like in human coverage, is the amount that you pay out of pocket before the insurance policy kicks in. So for example, I believe mine is $250. I will spend $250 on Helen's care. I submit those expenses. And then once I've hit the $250, after that, her costs are covered by the insurance up to a certain amount. So that's a good segue for me to explain how it works. So when an accident happens or your pet gets sick, you basically file a claim with your pet insurance company. Many of them have made it very easy. You can do it via an app or a simple online form. The insurance company then goes and figures out if what happened, so let's say it's Charlie's glucose monitoring, is an incident that's covered by the plan. 
And then usually the plans will give you several reimbursement options if it is coverable. So most of them are between 70% to 100%. Although I did read that many are fixed at that 80 to 90% mark and, and mine is at 90%. So when you file the claim, you're going to first pay any copayment you have, which could be up to 30% of the bill. Like I said, 70 to 100%. So let's say yours is 70%. You're going to pay that 30% of the bill. You're going to need to make sure your deductible has been satisfied. And then the pet insurance company would pay its part. So typically you can either get a check mailed or they can deposit it directly for you. Some plans do offer lower reimbursement rates for older pets. So you just need to look into that. Again, looking into the terms and exclusions, talking through with a representative about the various options, particularly if your pet is older. I've always found them to be very helpful. And then you'll figure out from there which plan is right for you and your pet. I, I will mention that with Charlie and her diabetes, my plan did have an annual limit. So let's say once I'd spent $1,000 or I'd, I'd been reimbursed for up to $1,000 of her expenses, then the insurance wouldn't cover it anymore. So that's definitely something you want to know. So I know that's a lot and I know it can seem a little bit overwhelming, particularly if it's your first pet but it is such a smart thing to do. I can't encourage it enough. I mean, we all hate to think about a pet getting older and getting cancer, having a horrible accident, and then you have to make a tough decision about either being able to address the medical issue or potentially have to let your pet go. So this really does take a lot of that worry out of the situation. What about you, Jen? Have you had, I know that you've had experience with pet insurance. Absolutely. And I, I can't recommend getting it enough. Sometimes I forget I have it. And Me then too. I, I've, I've forked out this money at the vet. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was such a high vet bill. And then I get home and Todd's like, you know, we have pet insurance, right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, we have pet insurance. That's amazing. And so you go ahead and submit the claim. And I would just say when you're doing your research, you know, Beth, you mentioned some really great things to keep in mind. I would say, you know, check and see is our visits to the emergency room covered. Some, uh, some policies will limit the number of times you can take your pet to the emergency room because obviously, you know, if your dog has been hit by a car, that's something you want to make sure you can take your dog to the emergency room. But they also don't want you to think that the emergency room is your doctor, is your pet's doctor and taking them every time your dog gets sick. Another thing I'll just point out is I had a friend of mine with an English bulldog and over the course of the dog's life, she ended up needing two knee replacements. Oh gosh. And both were covered. That's so amazing. You, and each was three thousand oh dollars that that would have normally been money out of her pocket, but thankfully the majority of those surgeries was covered by pet insurance, and so it is just a way to have additional financial security, knowing that when you have a dog that's going to be with you for you know at most like fifteen years, like you said, hope we we all hope it, it's just a way to just take that burden off of you a little bit. So it it. Can can seem cumbersome and it can can seem a bit overwhelming when you're first looking into it. But in the long run, it, it really can help you with some of those unexpected expenses that can come up. So yeah, pet insurance companies sponsor us. <laughs> we just did you a solid. Now it's your turn. Right. <laughs> um, but in terms of turns, shall we now turn it over to the Beauceron, Jen? Absolutely. All right. Vive la France. <laughs> 
turn turns off um Rosetta Stone <laughs> exactly. gives gives 2 out of 5 stars. Okay. Uh let's start with the breed standard. We do this so that our listeners have an idea of the shape and the size of the dog. It turns out that the Beauceron is dog-shaped. Crazy. So crazy. The, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Weird. The male is 25 and a half to 27 and a half inches tall, while the female can be 24 to 26 and a half inches tall. Both are 70 to 110 pounds. This is a large dog. Very big. Oh my goodness. Their life expectancy is 10 to 12 years, and they rank 124 of 197 on the AKC's list of breed popularity. So this is rather a rare breed, at least here in the States. I think in France, it's probably a lot more common. They are part of the herding group. So what do they look like if you're not familiar with the breed? In a word, gorgeous. Kind of a cross looks-wise between a Doberman and a German Shepherd. These are muscular dogs, but they don't look bulky. They have black coats with red accents well, it makes me think I should probably go on to Neiman Marcus and make you look for a black <laughs> coat with red accents. That sounds very lovely. Including red feet, giving them their French nickname, Boss Rouge, or red stockings. Some have black, gray, and tan coats. For some history, the oldest manuscript to mention the Beauceron is dated 1578. It was a vet bill for anal gland expression. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. It wasn't. <laughs> It's probably something much nicer than that. Hopefully people aren't listening to this over dinner. I doubt it. Have you ever listened to a podcast over dinner? I have sometimes, actually. Ours, in fact. Oh, all right. Well, ours, of course. It's the only podcast you should listen to over dinner, but just not about anal gland expression. All right. Skip ahead. Skip ahead, everyone. That's a story for another time. It is. (laughs) Developed in the Middle Ages in France. Shocker. Both the Beauceron and the Briard breed, the Beauceron's long-haired cousin, are believed to have come from the same ancestral dogs. I did read that they, excuse me, my leg is getting licked at the moment. (laughs) Todd, stop it. Stop it, Todd. Not appropriate. Hello, Digby. I did read they are descended from what? Ancient canine paleontologists. Oh, can I be a canine paleontologist? Is I that didn't a ca- realize is, that existed? No, is that a is that a category of paleontologist that oh, that sounds so fun. So it's what canine paleontologists called the Chien de Tourbière, which means peat dog or bog dog. So the Beauceron was named after the region of Beauce, France, an area in northern France between the Seine and Loire rivers. Its only major city is Chartres, about 56 miles southwest of Paris. That way the dogs can still go to Fashion Week and not have to travel too far to get there. As herding dogs, they were kept busy in the grasslands, keeping flocks of sheep in line, but they also had other jobs, one of which was to be a companion to their people, which in the Middle Ages included royalty. The Berger de Beauce, or Beau's Shepherd, was used by the French army during both world wars and even today are used by the military and police. 
In fact, there was a Bozeron used in the search and rescue efforts after the World Trade Center attacks in New York City on September 11, 2001. This dog searched in places that people couldn't fit and was awarded a medal of commendation for heroic acts of bravery. I should hope so. It's believed that the Bozeron is the precursor of the Doberman Pinscher. You would definitely, you would definitely, yeah, I was going to say you definitely would know that by looking because there's definitely a, a family resemblance. For personality, if the Bozeron was watching Netflix, what genre would they search in? I don't know. I'm thinking true crime with all their police work. I think so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Colette, French author and fan of the breed, called the Bozeron the country gentleman. She described them as, quote, affectionate, playful, superb with children, absolutely and deeply attached to their masters. But at the same time, there is something mysterious about a Bozeron. They are like some people who don't talk much, but have a strong presence. They have a dimension, a depth I have not found in other dogs. Goodness. Deep. I know. That's definitely not a pug for sure. Definitely not. Hmm. The Bozeron is a smart, smart, smarty pants. They are very sweet, calm, and gentle, but also fearless and protective, so they make outstanding watchdogs. They can be aggressive or fearful towards strangers or other animals if not socialized properly, and they can be very strong-willed. They do require training because they have a dominant personality. So if they're arm wrestling with you, I mean, they're they're probably going to try and win. They're not going to let you win. I never try and win. I don't even arm wrestle. You do. When someone challenges me to an arm wrestling contest, I'm like. You say, you say hard pass. I say hard pass. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. I, I try and win. I definitely try and win. You would. I read that they aren't great for first-time dog owners. With many breeds, socialization early is important, especially if you want any kind of other animal with these dogs. They can chase small animals, which I'm not sure cats and rabbits would really appreciate. Probably not. No. For grooming, weekly grooming is great for these puppas because they have a thick double coat. If you don't do this, you may find a coating of Bozeron fur all over everything you own. Now, I know but at least it will be black with a red accent. It will be black with a red accent. It'll be so glamorous. Now, I know this is going to shock a lot of people, but a dog this big needs exercise. Also not surprising, because they're so smart, they also need mental stimulation. So don't just take them for a run. Give them a brain game toy. Play hide and seek with them. These guys were made to herd farm animals, so they can do just whatever you throw their way. If you're into doggy sports, this might be the dog for you. Consider agility, hiking, hurdles, or Schutzhund training. (laughs) Now we're doing German. It's been a while since we've learned about a new new activity, and I'm throwing the German your way. What's (laughs) Schutzhund training? Tell us, Jen, what is it? Because it sounds like we don't have a choice. Sure don't. It's a German term that, do you know I'm part German? I think I did. Yes, I did know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. French, and, well, I English, could tell from, German. if I didn't know that, I would have known from your absolutely perfect accent. That's Although, right. 
On the German part, not the French part. Not the French part, no. Um, It's a German term that means protection dog, and it's a sport that develops and evaluates the traits of dogs that make them happier companion dogs for owners. It's like a triathlon for dogs. Now, this evaluation test was developed specifically for the German Shepherd to demonstrate a dog's intelligence, and it measures the following, mental stability, endurance, structural efficiencies, ability to scent, willingness to work, courage, trainability. Astrid just left the room. (laughs) She's like, mom better not be on the phone with some crazy company to get me Schutzen training. That's right. Nine. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) This is really, all Astrid wants is like a a German sausage. That's all. Right, exactly. Maybe a cream puff. This is really an activity for both the dogs and the owners who want camaraderie with like-minded people. So get ready to do some work yourself. And I'm leaving the room. Common Dogs in this sport are German Shepherds, Boxers, Dobermans, and Rottweilers. I think Bolzerons aren't common in it because Bolzerons aren't common. Schutzhund skills are necessary for police work, and the trials and competitions include a tracking phase, an obedience phase, and a protection phase. This scares the crap out of me. (laughs) Just very serious dogs. It's especially scary if it's Astrid that's doing it. No, it'd just be hilarious. If you're interested, there is a Schutzhund Club of America. which you Yes, of course, which you should definitely reach out to if you're interested. Because as we've said many times, if your dog is doing what they were bred to do, they will be happier, and a happier dog is a well-behaved dog. Now, Astrid was bred to online shop and be fed rotisserie chicken by hand, so that's what her days consist of. It's important to know and understand the dog you have and give them the life that they want to lead. Fun fact, the Beauceron appeared in the James Bond film Moonraker. I feel like I've literally taken every... Actually, everything you probably had. Probably. I'm crossing out notes left and right here. I, I figured there's, I mean, as rare as they are, truly, not not much out there. So do you want to take a break so you can go find find another no, film? Go, go ahead and tell. Did you, did you, do you, did you finish? <laughs> you weren't even listening. I finished the sentence and you, I'll say it again. The Bo- well, I was, I jumped in because I was so upset. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. The Bozeron appeared in the James Bond film, Moonraker. And that is what I have on this lovely dog. Would you like to take a break now? Well, first, before we take the break, since you did take that fun fact for me, I will add that that was one of the first times the breed was seen by many people in America. That is exactly true. And now we can take a break. All right. Well, the rest of this segment will be quite short because Jen literally took everything that I had. To be Um, fair, I just took everything that was on the internet. True, true. Basically, I read that it is very, this scared me a little bit. It is very difficult, if not impossible, to wear out a Boceron. That goes back to what you said about them needing a lot of exercise and a lot of stimulation. Or just some Schutzhund training. Or just some Schutzhund training. Um, oh, Schutzhund. Schutzhund. 
say, oh God, my German, my German got away from me. Boy, I thought this was a great quote. The Beauceron is imposing and powerful, but also remarkably smart, spirited, and a versatile herder. Imagine a border collie's brain in a hundred pound body. These are especially beloved by women as a dashing but sensitive companion and protector. They're really handsome dogs. They are. They are. And it's really interesting to me because they look totally different when their ears are cropped versus when they're not. So I did look into that a little bit. The ears are still cropped in the United States, but they're not cropped any longer in Europe because guess what? Europe's got it right. And ear cropping Mm -hmm. is not permitted. Don't crop your dog's ears. It's not necessary. Come on. They don't need it. So anyway, yeah, I did see like they, they, uh, to me, they look different. They look, I guess they look more like a, a Doberman type dog when their ears are cropped because so many Doberman ears are cropped and more like a floppy flooper when they're not. I love a good floppy flooper. We're going to get to that. Breed in that. We're going to get, we're going to get to the floppy floopers and the Fs. <sighs> So we'll talk more about those floppy floopers later. Jen mentioned the Beauceron that was used following the World Trade Center attacks in 2001. But even prior to that, the Beauceron was used in several of the World Wars. So it is known that some of them served as messenger dogs, while others were supply transporters. And the Beauceron was actually also used for picking up on landmines which is obviously a pretty dangerous, dangerous job. But it just goes back to these dogs need a job. They are busy, busy dogs. They are. There's, they're they're working dogs. They're still used as a work dog by the French police and army. They are obviously talented in guarding and the Schutzhund that Jen mentioned before, which is protection. They're also really good at tracking. They're great at tracking bombs and landmines as landmines as I mentioned earlier. Um, and they're an agile dog. They've got a strong eth- ethics, so you can understand why they would be great police dogs. Plus they, they look really good in uniforms. They do. Oh, the hat and the little sunglasses. I know what our, our um, Instagram story is going to look like. My goodness. The Beauceron is not considered to be a Beauceron without the double dew claws on its rear legs, which is something that it shares with another similar dog, a Briard. Generally speaking, double dew claws on bigger breeds provide them with better traction, which helps them to go over uneven terrain. To me, it looks like kind of a sixth toe. I saw a picture of this on the interweb and I I honestly thought it was a sixth toe, but they need those. They're there for a purpose. You mentioned some of the grooming gen and due to some of its jobs throughout history, they obviously had to spend a lot of time outside herding those sheep. So their coat is weatherproofed. And so, you know, they can still do well when they sleep outside because that coat will keep them warm and dry. Obviously, unless you're living on a sheep farm, we don't, we don't like the idea of keeping your pets outside. But honestly, a black and red coat that is waterproof. I'm going shopping. I mean, come after on. This. Exactly. And one uh, final thought. I, I, I thought this was really funny because um, I had not thought about this at all, but it's, it really applies to all of the rare breeds we've talked about. So someone wrote in an article I read, having a unique breed is awesome, except when you go to a pet store and try to find stuff that says Beauceron on it, there's never anything with your dog's breed's name. So you've got a spoiled retriever lives here, spaniels on guard, 
terriers for the win, whatever it is. My terrier's smarter than your honor student, but there's no boaster on stuff. Never. That's really interesting. But you know what? That just means that there's white space in the market and somebody has a, you know, there's a business opportunity there for someone. You're listening and you're, you're out there looking for that business you want to start there. There you go. We just handed it to you. We just opened your Etsy shop for you. You can come at us for the, for the shop name. We won't even um, take any of your commission because there will be none. Like there, you're not going to make a lot of money doing this. Jen, shall we take a break before we summarize these bad boys? They're not bad. They're good. They're good boys. I'm kidding. They're good boys. (laughs) Let's take a break. Let's take a break. If you are not a novice dog owner and are looking for a big dog that can guard your house, but is more of a gentle giant that you won't see every day. I mean, you'll see your dog every day, but not another dog. Le- okay, you're not going to see these dogs everywhere. That is great with kids and friendly to people, then the Boceron might be for you. If you are not into exercising outdoors, can't stand dog hair, and are looking for a small to medium-sized dog, then you should probably take a pass. Beth, would you like to personify the Bozeron? I thought you'd never ask. What was the name you chose, Jen? Juliette. I like it. I almost went in that direction, but I decided mine was going to be a boy named Louis. Louis. It's a great name. It is. What what profession did you choose? Head of cybersecurity at LVMH. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Thank do you. you. Think, do you think he uses his company discount to buy of his gr- to buy his girlfriend pretty things? Of course. And all of his luggage is, L- you know, is Louis Vuitton oh, as well. Of course. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Or he could work at Goyard too. Mm. Also. Yeah. That oh. was actually his previous role, but he got a promotion when he went to LVMH. Oh, yeah. So smart. Okay. I said, Juliette owns an olive tree farm on the island of Corsica, where she produces and bottles her own olive oil. She has sheep everywhere, which she has trained the sheep not to eat the olive trees. I would think so. I mean, she's got to keep those sheep in line. That's what she was born to do. Exactly. What did you say Juliet's Valentine's Day plans were, Jen? Um, she's more into Galentine's Day. So okay. she's going to have her friends over once they test negative for COVID for wine and charcuterie. <laughs> I love it. I said Louis is going to take his girlfriend, Kami for dinner at a restaurant along the Seine. He'll have Coquille Saint-Jacques, and then they will hump by the moonlight. (laughs) Of course they will. (laughs) I mean, I hope no one's looking. They're both fixed, so it's fine. It's fine. Favorite flower? The sunflower, which you can spot all along the French countryside. I bet she can. I said the anemone, which is a French flower, and it's also just a beautiful flower. He appreciates its first true beauty. So pretty. Aphrodisiac of choice? Oh, figs. But dogs can only eat them in strict moderation. So she she's cautious. I said oysters. So cliche. It is cliche, but I mean they're so I mean in France, come on, oysters. Yeah, delicious. What so delicious. with with lemon or hot sauce or just straight up? It really depends on on how uh, you know, how much humping he wants to do. I suppose. <laughs> I guess. All right. Shall we talk about rescues before this gets uh, any, any more PG 13 rated? Please let's. 
It will not surprise anyone that there's a dearth of Beauceron rescues. Perhaps there are some in France. I could not find anything on the internet. I, there, there were a couple of things. I should say there's the Beauceron Club has a rescue page. But when I looked through the whole of the United States, it looked like there was one Beauceron listed on their site. So what I decided to do instead was to talk about another U.S. national organization, which has local chapters called Best Friends. You may know it as Best Friends Animal Society. You can find them at bestfriends.org or at Best Friends Animal Society. Their mission, which I love, is save them all. Best Friends is on the ground helping shelters around the country simplify adoption policies and requirements, build out community pet fostering programs, reach areas where low-cost spay-neuter services are most needed, advocate for more pet-inclusive housing, and so much more. At the heart of Best Friends is their animal sanctuary, which at any given time about 1,600 animals are turning their lives around, receiving the medical help they need and getting love and acceptance to overcome their past. So it basically sounds like a halfway drug house. rehab. Yeah. yeah. It's a halfway house for dogs. Exactly. And it is in a, uh, it is in a scenic healing environment among human and animal friends. I love it. I want to go spend some time there. They can um, do some Pilates. They get good spa meals. Some Schutzhund or whatever it's called. They can get um, all the Schutzhund training they want. <laughs> the Best Friends Network brings animal shelters and rescue groups together from across the country to hold mutual adoption events, public education campaigns, and fundraising drives. They have walks, which obviously uh, they couldn't do in 2020, but they're really cool. I've done it a bunch of times and you can bring your dog with you. It's like a charity, you know, like a 5k type of thing, but a walk and you can bring your, your dog. And I just, I love best friends. They do so, I mean, I could go on and on about all of the programs they do. They do campaigns around pit bulls and spay and neuter. They're just awesome. So if you are looking for a place to adopt a dog near you, I believe they, yeah, I'm sure they also have cats. Yes, they definitely have cats. If you're looking for for a place to adopt a dog or cat near you, go onto their website and try to find the local chapter organization because you will definitely find some great options there. Instagram accounts, Jen, who did you find? I found two amazing ones. These dogs are just so beautiful. I know I've said it a couple times already this podcast, but I found at Patron de Bosseron. It's Patron, P-A-T-R-O-N underscore V underscore Bosseron. And at its ITS period Nyko, N-Y-K-O, not Nico, Nyko, don't get confused. Nyko was born in Europe and is living in Arizona. And with both of these accounts, you really get an idea of the outdoor life that these dogs love. Both of these dogs are outside. They are hiking. They are running. They are doing things. I know we typically say two or more hours of exercise a day, but with these dogs, it's not about taking an exercise break. It is about being outside and being active. And both of both Patron and Nyko's owners understand that and are just outside. If you are an outdoor person and you have the time to be outside with your dog all the time, then the Beauceron is right for you. 
I chose a one with a really funny and maybe telling name, Boseron Satan. It's Boseron, Boseron dot Satan, S-A-T-A-N. Satan lives in Quebec, which makes a lot of sense and was born in 2017. And the other one I chose is whiskey, whiskey underscore Boseron, but it's more like a kitchen whisk, not like the whiskey you drink, W-I-S-K-Y underscore Boseron. Whiskey, oh my God, adorable. Born in 2020, so tiny little puppa. Not so tiny anymore, but still super cute puppy. They're so good looking. I'm telling you, they're like crushing on these dogs hard. Yeah, and 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 I need a new coat. Just <laughs> all goes back to me and shopping. All right, Jen. Well, you have some work to do before we get into. We're going to actually go and relocate to to Belgium for, for a while over the next couple of months, a lot of Belgian dogs coming this up. Is, this is disastrous. I'm, I'm sorry, but we got like a, we got a Belgian sheepdog coming up, a nah. Belgian something or other. I can't even pronounce. We, then we've got a Bijon Frise coming. I mean, it's going to be a tough Q1 for you, but you know, so get back on the Rosetta stone practice. Right. And in the meantime, tell us where people can find us on the dog and pony show podcast.com or on Instagram at the dog and pony show official. You can follow a pug who prefers mules to loafers at it's Helen, the pug, and you'll find a Pika pug who is confused by the term kitten heels at Astrid <laughs> underscore Pika pug. And you can find all of our sources for the episode in our show notes. And please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and give us a five-star review. If you need something to do while you're breaking in your new pumps. And I do. I just bought a new pair of work pumps. I will be doing that. Thank you for the suggestion, Jen. You're welcome. We'll see everyone next week when we talk about the Belgian Malinois. Until then, (laughs) remember that the best dog in the world is always your dog. The Dog and Pony Show is produced and hosted by Jen Meredith and Beth Stellato, two women with absolutely no medical experience other than paying the big bills our dogs accumulate at the veterinarian. While we may know our way around an insulin syringe and have collected a urine sample or 45, and while we may occasionally have medical experts on as our guests or discuss health issues faced by particular breeds, this podcast is in no way intended to provide professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your veterinarian with any questions you may have regarding your pet. Never disregard professional veterinary advice or delay in seeking treatment for your pet because of something you heard on our podcast or read on our website or social media. The views we share are ours alone and do not represent the opinions of our employers or our sponsors. 